This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome to AutoCorrect, helping you correct your auto problems. Our host is Coach Charlie Melton, ASC Certified Master Technician, and I'm Liz Gill. Have you thought about your vehicle's lights lately? I'm not just talking about headlights, but interior lights, because this is a thing. You can show off your personality, add safety, upgrade your ride. Coach will tell us about it and answer your repair questions. Hello, Coach. How are you doing today? Oh, I am doing great with the wonders of antibiotics. That's it. (laughs) So... I was scrolling through Facebook because I'm old and that's what I do. Um, and I, you know, get my targeted ads. And one of the things I, I see is uh, stuff with my college logo on it. You know, they can, they sell everything. But I come to one and the photo has, it's a car door and it's open and it's at night. And on the ground, Outside of the door is my school logo. It's some kind of light that attaches to the bottom of your car door so that when you open it where you step out, it's lit up. And in my case, it was a Longhorn logo silhouette. What is up with these lights? Well, with the new uh, technology these days, uh, like Mercedes, my wife has a 350 2021. You open the door and the Mercedes emblem's on the ground. Okay. They also have like the bat signal and, you know, just other kind of things that you can make up, put on there. Yeah, well, you know, they started these several years ago and they were called puddle lights. And what it was, so when you opened your door, you could see next to the door and see if you're going to step anything. That's what they were called, puddle lights. And now they just uh, are made for anything now. Safety and style. Safety and style. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. So when I was, you know, talking about doing a light show, Man, the the sky's the limit on the kind of lights that you can, you know, pimp your ride. Right. Um, let's let's talk about the the basic thing. Your dome light. Is there anything you can do to make your dome light better, brighter, smarter, safer, something? Well, most lighting now is LED, so it's really all basic lighting. But like, say, if you think about inside the car now, you had lighting at the floor. You had lighting when you open the door. Those are called ambient lighting, and all different colors. All different colors for your different mood. Oh, yeah, yeah. But uh, you can uh, get uh, trunks. I remember we had uh, we had like a, a, a Lincoln Continental at one point, and it had a map light. It had like a little pendant light that was in the passenger seat that you could pull down, and it, it just made like a little spotlight, right, for the person reading the map. Right. Um, but there's uh, well, accent you your, lights and glove box lights. You got your visor lights when so you can, ladies can see how to put their makeup on. So we got those. We just got all different type of lighting system inside the car. And it's all personalized. My wife said that it was Christmas time. She made the lights red in the car. <laughs> okay. So uh, DIY or do you need to take it to a shop to do this? Well, you need to be very uh, careful when you're doing lightings. And we're talking about lightings inside the car or the headlights because I did have a student one time put new headlights in and they destroyed the body control module on a BMW. Had to take it to the shop because the windows wouldn't roll up and down. Because of the headlights? Because of the headlights. Now, 
how do these lights get their power if you're putting in some bonus lights? Once again, you have different... Uh, well, we say uh, amplifiers. These new that we have some vehicles that have 40 amp um, amplifiers on the light itself, okay, to make them brighter. And those are different type lighting systems that you can put in the car. Um, most vehicles today, like I say, are LED lighting. But the if you see the new vi- uh, Fords and Chevrolets where they have the wraparound lights in the front of the headlights, all of that is uh, LED. So if I was... If I wanted to try my hand at installing something myself, does it go to the fuse box in the car? Does it go to the fuse box under the hood? Does it come with you stick batteries in it? It's going to be a module. They're going to be lighting modules and, once again, a computer. Everything's computerized, and you got to make sure that you go to the right wires on that computer. All right. So, uh story that's going to make you cringe. Uh, Back in the day, I helped my dad. Remember when those uh, car horns, programmable car horns were real popular? So we got one. It played 37 college alma maters, and you could also, it had like a little nine keypad. You could program your own song. So we drilled a hole in the firewall to to get it to the horn to the inside you don't do you rec- you don't do you recommend that well you can still go through the firewall but the thing is on new model cars you just need to be very careful if it's under warranty or if it's not under warranty because if you do anything to the lighting system while it's under warranty it voids the complete warranty so remember that all you homeowner do-it-yourselfers want to make your cars extra fancy. Remember, think about that warranty. And the warranties are getting longer now. Yes. So you may have to customize your car a little bit later. Well, really, what it wants the dealership wants you to customize them at the dealership because mm. now if the dealership customizes them. They will um, they will take and uh, use the warranty for repairs. Right. And then is the warranty, that means that you're not going to mess up the electronics in it. Well, but the thing about autocorrect is these folks want to do it themselves. That's right. So if we're talking about lights today, if you have a question, our email address is always available, auto at mpbonline.org. Uh, let's go to our Deep South Dining, North Mississippi uh, uh, consultant, Chico. Chico, we're glad that uh, you called in today for autocorrect. What's your comment or question? Good morning, y'all. Um, I need to get Coach's expert Mississippi public radio opinion about something. Okay. I have, uh, it's, it's not my primary vehicle. My primary vehicle, I use a van or a truck. But I have this wonderful 1992 Oldsmobile 98 that um, drives like a, just a, the absolute queen that it is. I named it OG after my grandmother. Okay. It's kind of a grandmother car, you know? Right. It's got 180,000 miles on it, and it just drives perfect. I have zero complaints about it. Um, I used it the other day to transport a antique long wheelbase truck camper top. I mean, a, a, a really old cool one from the 60s, made with a lot of aluminum and, like, glass windows instead of plastic and whatnot. And we put it upside down on top of the Oldsmobile and tied it down real good and all that. And I was over on the east side of Tupelo where Johnny's driving is, and I was driving to Oxford. And after we got it strapped down on the hood, I took off, and I noticed that my speedometer had quit working. 
And I thought, oh, dang, you know, what's what's up with that? But, I mean, I wasn't really surprised, 180-something okay. thousand miles. Something like that might go wrong. So I got to Oxford and unloaded the camper top from the top of OG, secured it and whatnot. And when it was time to go back over to Cupolo, I got in OG and started driving. And I noticed my speedometer was working again. And it's worked since. That's been a week. And the only time it did not work is when that Alrighty. truck camper was tied onto the top of question. it. I'm not making up any of this. Uh, <laughs> okay. So I need you to tell me, Coach, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell you. Anyway, there was a connection between the two. I'm going to tell you one thing. The camper top had nothing to do with it whatsoever. Uh, I would like a picture of that. No, <laughs> I'd like a picture of that. Yeah, I would like that, but the camper top had nothing to do with it, you know, because that is a cable type uh, speedometer on that one on 1992. It's a cable type, so it's probably just quit working and started working again. That's all I can tell you. Man, that's it's so weird to me. I, I was hoping it was something you'd have a really exotic answer. Oh, may, that, may, only applies to 1992. Well, maybe I think you're a Mississippi State fan and you didn't want to go to Oxford, so it didn't want to put the miles on OG. There you go. <laughs> well, Chico, they have the word coincidence because there are That's just right. coincidences. Thanks so Thank much you. for calling in. Let's go to Eva, who's on the road. Eva, we're so glad you've called into AutoCorrect today. What's your comment or question? Uh, I have a car that's 140,000 miles, but I like my car. I don't want a new car. But I have a uh, bad spot with a paint come off, like the size of a lemon. And I wonder, should I get the whole car painted, or could I get it patched, or is there any way I could do it myself? What year car is it? Um, A 2011 now, that's a pretty new car. That's not too bad. Ten years old. Uh, it's probably aluminum up underneath that um, where the paint came off of. Is the paint faded? The, the paint is just off. It's gray underneath. Right. Is the paint faded on the other part of the car? I don't think so, but I really don't know. Well, if it's not faded, I'd just take, in, uh, take it over to a body shop, let them look at that little spot. They can... Uh, feather it in and paint it and it look brand new. Do you know if that's like, I know you don't know if cost, is that $500, $1,000 or, you know, what kind well, of money it, you're looking at? It sounds like it's a small spot. It ain't going to cost you much. Go, uh, get you, okay. go get you an estimate and let them feather it in and redo it. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Thanks, Eva. If you've got a question, just send us your emails, auto at mpbonline.org. We're talking about lights. Is your car under recall? We've got a list of one that is. You're listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio.
I'm Professor Richard Gershon from the University of Mississippi School of Law, host of In Legal Terms. If you're enjoying this podcast, I encourage you to listen to In Legal Terms, the show about you and your rights. We find interesting legal topics to bring to you and let you know how the law affects you. Find In Legal Terms on any podcasting platform on your smart device or on our website, inlegalterms.mpbonline.org. Hi, it's Rachel Martin with NPR's Morning Edition. People have stories about their car, that long summertime family road trip, that hand-me-down first car they got when they turned 16, the first car they bought on their own. And cars can generate other kinds of stories, like the kind you hear on this station. When you donate a vehicle to this station, the proceeds bring you stories from around the world. Here's how to get started. Donate your car, motorcycle, boat, or RV by going to mpbonline.org. listening to autocorrect with coach charlie melton i'm liz gill but if you want even more autocorrect please find our podcast on all podcasting platforms for your smart device autocorrect is heard on mpb think radio thursdays at 10 a.m with a replay saturdays at 11 so there's one recall for the week tesla teslas are being recalled for the obscured warning sounds. This is the third sizable recall in just 10 days. The culprit this time is the boombox function obscuring the pedestrian warning system. So it's so quiet it has to have a a, a noisemaker at stoplights. All electric vehicles now, the manufacturers are going to make some type of noise to know that uh, the car is there. Right. All right. So you can find out if your car has a past recall by going to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration's website, NHTSA. It's nhtsa.gov slash recall. And just put in that VIN, or you can get the Safer Car app, and then you have it all the time. We're talking about lights, but we're also taking your vehicle repair questions. Our email address for you to send us a question anytime is auto at mpbonline.org. Let's go to Forrest and talk with Tony. Tony, we're so glad you've called in this morning. What's your comment or question for Coach Charlie? Tony, we're glad that you've called in to autocorrect. What's your question for Coach Charlie? All right. Well, Tony, we're going to put you on hold. Let's go to Mobile and see if Wes will talk to us. Wes, uh, what's going on with you? What's, tell, ask your question for Coach Charlie. Okay, thank you. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, my question is about batteries. And uh, can you, is, should you test the battery and uh, feel okay. confident based on the results of the test that it's, Feel good, or batteries be replaced just based on sort of an age maintenance schedule. And the big with you, my question is about marine. marine can you test it? Feel confident about it, or if you replace this based on your radio Okay, West. On if you're talking about batteries, the thing is, you uh, you had to have. You can't just tell if the battery is good with a multimeter. You need a load tester or some type of um, amp meter because you're trying to see if the cells are good. Does the battery have enough amperage in it? If the battery has enough amperage, most marine batteries are about 700 to a thousand amps. And if you had a load tester, you could put a load on it, and if it held 
That means that battery is good. And you're talking about marine batteries. Marine batteries are made to completely discharge and recharge. Automotive batteries themselves are not, but marine batteries are made to completely discharge and recharge again. So, so could the good mechanic ought to be able to test that and tell me whether the battery's still good then? Oh yeah, he could put a he would put an amp meter on it or a load test on it, yes. Okay. Thank thank you very much. You're so welcome. Thanks, Wes. Let's go to Rick who's on the road. Rick, what's your comment or question for Coach Charlie on Autocorrect? Well, it's a situation I had with a vehicle and I kinda want to get his opinion on maybe a recourse. I've got a, or my wife has a 03 Ford F-150. My daughter was driving it one day, and it died. And it would crank, but so rough and smoke and stuff. Uh, you know, you, you couldn't drive it. You wouldn't fear to die. Uh, had several people look at it. Had some people come over, and they put their code readers on there. Uh, it wouldn't, they couldn't figure out a good code that... Several of them tell me that I need to take it to a Ford dealership. So I, and that's what I did. Um, they had it a couple of days and come back. They were told that the engine's gone, and they could read. You know, they could put a new one in there for six thousand dollars. And sad uh, thing was, during that time, I was off of work with heart problems, couldn't do anything for three years because I was trying to find a fit to put in the vehicle. Found one, put the engine in the back of the pickup and had it, was towing it to a friend or uh, an acquaintance and he was going to change the engines out. Uh, Before he did, uh, he had another engine sitting there and he did some sensors or whatever. Long story short, the engine was perfect now not a problem. I mean, you know, we just did a, a trip in the truck, get 13 miles uh, to the gallon, and I'm just, you know, I'm concerned about a Ford dealership telling me that, I, you know, that the engine's gone, and if I'd have been, you know, uh, somebody, a single woman, or somebody that didn't know any better, that, you know, they just spent $6,000 on nothing. Well, this is what I think about that, Rick. You always need to make sure you take your vehicle to a reputable dealer or a technician because, you know, there's all types of them out there. You need to make sure you find somebody that's good and somebody that you can trust. I would suggest folks who are listening, if you have a good person, leave a review that they're a good person because it's real quick. Folks are real quick to put a review that, oh, this person's bad, that's a a fraud. So, you know, read the reviews, especially if they have a lot of bad reviews. But if you have any kind of service experience where it's done well and you trust them, I would, you know, make sure you put in good reviews. Yeah, because most of the time... I have to admit, I did not, I'm not a big tech person. I did not look at any reviews, but this is one of the larger Ford dealerships in this area up here around North Mississippi and Memphis. Yeah, and I just say just find you somebody good. And like I say, usually if you're talking about a vehicle that just dies and and nothing else was wrong with it, it's usually going to be a sensor. And like I say, a lot of these code readers that people have don't scan that computer the way it needs to scan it. 
Well, Rick, we're so glad that you called in to give us a, a cautionary tale. That was fantastic. Um, it turned out good for you. But, That's right. Uh, uh, and I I'm, I'm hope everybody else listens. And, you know, you can get different estimates, too, especially if it's going to be something that expensive. Let's try Tony and Forrest again. Tony, we're glad you've called in to autocorrect. What's your comment or question? Yes, ma'am. I have a 1995 Butte River Arrow, and, and my dash light's not working. Wouldn't my nation switch everything to it if, it, if it's bad? So your your lights themselves are not working? So headlight, my dash lights, my headlights work, but when I turn my ignition key, it does nothing. That doesn't check the fuse. Okay. Does anything else not work on that dash? Uh, no, sir. Okay, well, I can tell you, um, Chevrolet, they're the same thing, General Motors. They had a problem with the um, dash gauges and all, and the lights all there. That is a uh, solid state, and it has little pieces of metal that's going all inside in there, and the lights just sort of twist in. So what I would do is check that cluster and see if uh, the lighting's behind it, because... Uh, like you say, you check the fuse, and that is a, it does have a uh, gauge fuse in there for the lighting. So on that, I would go ahead and check your cluster. That would be the next thing. It does not have a module on that model. But the ignition switch, when, when I try to cram a car, it don't do anything. This could be an ignition switch also, bad ignition switch. You're saying when you crank your car, the vehicle doesn't do anything? When I turn, turn the key over to crank it, it don't do anything. Well, the first thing I would do there is check my battery. Yeah, the battery's good. And the battery's good? Well, then, uh, how about the starter? Yes, sir. It's good, too? Yes, sir. Okay, yes, sir. well, then, I'd, that'd be the next thing. Go to the ignition switch. Okay, that works, sir. Thank okay. you, Tony. Appreciate it. Yep. Thank you, Tony. We are glad we got to speak with you. Let's go to Edwards and speak with Chad. Chad, thanks for calling into AutoCorrect today. What's your comment or question? Oh, yes, sir. I, um, I have a question about, uh, I'm having a 350 Chevrolet engine built. And my mechanic is wanting to know if I want to go with a hydraulic roller or a hydraulic flat tappet cam. What's the difference between those two? Okay, a hydraulic roller, it has, it's like a solid lifter, but it has a roller on the bottom of it that rolls up against the cam to open, you know, because the cam moves the lifter and it raises up the valves. Okay, and it pushes down on the uh, push rods because it sounds like this is a 350 being a push rod engine. Okay, that's how roller um, lifters work. A solid lifter is just a very solid, uh, it, the push rod just goes into it and it just pushes up on it. And then you have hydraulic lifters. You know, if you're going to take, if you're souping up that vi uh, that engine, I'd go with rollers myself. Yeah, because it, it's very smooth, and it, you're not going to have it's just it's always up against that cam, so it's on those lobes, it, it'll run better. You're welcome. Thank you, Chad. Chad calling from a helicopter. <laughs> okay, we just got an email from Peter. Uh, Peter in Mobile has a 2014 Prius with really low. Right, really dim low beams. What can I do to increase the amount of light? On those, um, on any vehicle itself, um, you could change the lighting system itself with the different type light bulbs uh, that you're going to put in the front of them. You have uh, hydrogen type or you have standard types. Now, by changing the bulb itself will make it brighter. After you check the lenses and make sure the lenses are not dirty or they're not yellowed, and then that is the way that you can increase the brightness of those lights. Well, 
Coach Charlie, this is Michelle. I have a question about the lenses, what we were talking about off air. How can you clean your lenses? Uh, we've heard about the toothpaste. We've talked about that on the show before prior to you. That, that's that not a, a good job. Right, is that a myth? <laughs> Do not put toothpaste and buff it on your um, <laughs> uh, domes. Really what you're doing there by putting anything that has grit in it, you're scratching that lens. Toothpaste, uh, baking soda, all that scratches the lens, and that's not going to make it any brighter. What happens, these are composite lights, and the lenses are made of plastic, and as they get darker, uh, the years, they get darker, and you just have to change out the composite lights. Now, um, do do they make cleaning um Gunk. Well, you know, <laughs> better I, word, lack well, of a better word, in the can, stores to clean those. You lights. can go to the auto parts stores and you can buy some material that they say that will clean it, some kind of chemical and all. But I've never had no luck with it. Mm-hmm. You know, you can try it, but you know. So when your uh, domes get to a point where they're faded, is it best to buy a new dome? You just buy a new lens. Yes. Oh, lens. That's what we're saying. Yeah, lens. You get the lens. You can get them aftermarket, or you can go to the dealer and get them, and you know they'll work for a while. Okay. So with with the headlights, you could get an entire plug-in module. You could do a light bulb, or you could just get the dome part. Okay, most lights today are composite, and that means they're all together. Oh. Okay, by being composite, they're all together, and you can change out just the bulb. Okay, but if the lens is still yellow, you're going to have to get a new uh, whole composite light. All right. Our email address where you can send questions is auto at mpbonline.org. Lights is our topic today between your car repair questions. What's in the news? I'm going to tell you next. You're listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. The information presented on this program is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult an appropriate professional for guidance about your concerns. Deep South Dining is the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. From fried chicken and collard greens to shrimp and grits and a glass of sweet tea. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or download our MPB public media app. Get your MPB car tag anytime. It doesn't even have to be up for renewal. Simply go to your county office to sign up. When you get an MPB car tag, a portion of the fee helps MPB continue to educate, inform, and entertain Mississippians. For details, visit mpbonline.org slash car tag. We'll see you on the road. Listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio, Coach Charlie Melton, recently retired from Clinton High School's Automotive Technology Program, is our expert host. I'm Liz Gill. We do hope that you've downloaded our app for your smartphone, the MPB Public Media app. You can listen to the show on it. You can click that support button to make a contribution. Hey, that'll also take you to where you could donate your vehicle to MPB if you've got one and you don't want to mess with trading it in or selling it yourself. Thank you so much for your contributions to Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Hey, AutoCorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturdays at 11. So in the news, 
USA Highway Safety Regulators are about to allow new high-tech headlights that can dramatically or automatically tailor beams so they focus on dark areas of the road and don't create glare for oncoming drivers. They're called adaptive driving beam headlights. And I've understood they've had this in Europe for a while. Well, they've had it in Europe, and they've had it on some high-model manufactured cars in the United States. And what would happen, you would drive around a curve, and that light would follow the curve to make sure that you were able to see the dark spots. All right. So they've had them for a while. We're talking about lights today, but that's just between your vehicle repair questions. Our email address is auto at mpbonline.org talking about let's go back to the outside of the lights of a vehicle uh you've got your headlights and your high beams but then there's also daytime running lights okay most cars today once again it's a safety feature because uh the insurance decided we need to be able to see all the time and that somebody needs to see us okay so every time you crank your vehicle up on most new cars now the headlights come on those are called daytime running lights now those daytime running lights will go out it's a module. Once again, it's a module, and but you would still have headlights itself. So you want to make sure which ones are on. And a lot of times that automatic lighting, okay, that you could um, get in your car, cut the lights on on automatic, cut the key off, lights go off. So you want to make sure that you ha- know what type of lighting system you have in that car. In fact, on in legal terms this week, on February 15th, someone called in asking if it was a law that you had to have your lights on, but it's just a good idea. You do have to have your lights on if your wipers are on, I believe. I've never heard that law. Oh, okay. Well, we'll, we'll, no, we'll, so we'll do our, our, our fact-checking right. uh, during the next break. Let's talk a little bit more about lights. So if you're going to fancy pants your inside lights, what exactly could – give me an example. You talked about your wife turned them red for Christmas. What did she turn red? Where is the lights? So you got lighting, and especially in the Mercedes and a lot of the other uh, high-class cars, you would have lighting that goes all around the dash, all around the doors and around the back and what happens on the inside of them there's a module that you could change the different colors i think my wife has five different colors in her car you know she likes blue she likes red you know she's an old miss fan so she uses blue and red a lot you know but you can change those now you cannot put a blue light on the outside of your car you want to make sure because that is for police you want to have a blue light, but you want to make sure that once you're doing lightings on any part, if it's inside or outside, just make sure that the car is able to take that lighting to those modules. LED, gas lights, whatever you want to put in there, you can put them in there. You can change, put lights on the back. You can put fog lights on them, that, these big four-wheel drives that don't have fog lights. You can put fog lights on them. Just make sure that the computer can take them. But uh, we're kind of meshing in legal terms and autocorrect here. But aren't there, there's a law about what color lights on the outside yes, your car is. There is a law about color lights because, like I say, the blue is for police and red is for the ambulance and all them safety. But now you can put blue lights underneath the vehicle. Ooh, okay. You can okay. put uh, red lights underneath the vehicle. Like if you have a um, four-wheel drive that you got rails on, you can put lights under it, blue, red different colors 
All right. We have an email. Oh, this was uh, this was Ken, who we didn't get to talk with last week. He emailed us, and he says, I ripped the wheel well liner out of my front right front wheel well on a curb, and I wonder if it will hurt to drive it without that. I saw some electrical connections for the headlights and stuff there. Well, what that wheel well liner does, it keeps water and trash from going up into the engine. Now, the the electrical wires should be mounted to the frame or there to the upper control arm. You know, it's okay to drive without it, but if you could get it replaced, I'd go ahead and replace it so something doesn't get in there and rip those wires out. We have another email, and this one is from Nat. Why is there not—here we go with the uh, in legal terms. Uh, why is there not a national standards for lumens and brightness for headlights? Some are too bright. Also, same for the folks that level their truck. Even the low beams are right in your eyes. Yeah, you're talking about that when you're talking about the lighting and especially leveling the truck, you know, on a lot of the vehicles that the front is a little higher than the back or vice versa. And what you want to do on those, there's different grades of lights that you can get from the auto parts store. And like I say, if you're going to do a neon light or a hydrogen light or different type of lighting systems that go with the vehicle because if you look at the new cars now they're all real bright and people come along and they flash those bright lights at you like you got the bright lights on and you don't and that's the difference because of the lighting system itself we're going to go ahead and take our break now we're discussing lights but also taking your repair questions you can send us an email to auto at mpbonline.org we've got a car review from casey williams coming up Ooh, it's a subaru forester this is autocorrect on mpb think radio a new car review from Casey Williams. It's Auto Casey on AutoCorrect. The Subaru Forester has been a really good compact crossover for a long time, but it just needs a little more attitude. And for 2022, it gets it. This week, we have the Forester Wilderness Edition. And Wilderness is the new brand that Subaru has that's focused at the outdoor enthusiast. It's not for the rock crawler, but the person just needs a little more capability getting to the trailhead. It also looks really cool. In wilderness trim, you got a nice black grill, you got the black hood patch, the shade fenders, black plastic all around them. Looks really tough. Also have the 17-inch black alloy wheels with off-road tires, and you get an extra half inch of ground clearance on the Forester. Inside, it's ready for adventure. It has the StarTex faux leather seats, so you can just wash them down, get mud in there or stuff from your kids, no problem at all. Harman Kardon audio system, automatic climate control, and the crash avoidance system. You get the eyesight system, board collision alert, adaptive cruise, lane keep assist. Under the hood, a 2.5-liter four-cylinder delivers 182 horsepower. You get 25 miles per gallon of the city, 28 highway. So all this comes at a pretty good price, too, $34,165. See the full video on his YouTube channel, 
Auto Casey and listen to AutoCorrect on the MPB Think Radio YouTube channel. On Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit, you get information about foods you should eat to stay in good health and tips on how to stay active. I'm Josie Bidwell, host of Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit and Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Listen to the show every Monday at 11 or subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy with your preferred podcasting app. This podcast is a local production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting and depends on the support of listeners like you. If you can, please donate today at mpbonline.org. And thanks. This is AutoCorrect. Hey, if you've missed any of our program, you can listen to the whole show on our website, autocorrect.com mpbonline.org autocorrect is heard on mpb think radio thursdays at 10 a.m with a replay saturdays at 11 i'm liz gill but our expert is coach charlie melton ase certified master technician it is time for coach charlie's tip of the week well the tip of the week is i was thinking about battery cables and people jumping off their vehicles or boosting off their vehicles from another car you always want to make sure that your battery cable your positive side is usually a red cable but sometimes that red is gone and it's a black cable so always look for the positive sign on the battery so positive is red negative is black another thing i just want to let you know is that when you're jumping a vehicle off and the battery is in the back of the car and you're in the front of the car they make a post on there there are some uh, battery posts it'll be red and you can just hook the positive side to that that's the red cable and you can find you a ground it could be any part of the metal part of the car and it should jump right off so just be careful when you connect those uh, battery cables on our crack research team has uh, determined that uh, in Mississippi, the legislature does the bill has not gotten out of committee for the last couple of years. So you do not have to have your lights on when your windshield wipers are on in Mississippi, but a lot of our surrounding states do. So you don't want to have to Google all the laws for uh, Louisiana and Florida and everybody. So just keep those lights on when your windshield wipers are on. It's well, yeah. safe for everybody. Well, you know, Mississippi is a little lax on their law on inspections and all on cars. Um, they got a lot of rules all over the different states that are different than ours. Right. Let's go to Ocean Springs and talk with Jesse. Jesse, we're glad you've called into AutoCorrect today. What's your comment or question? I have a question for the coach. I have a 2018 Chrysler Pacifica, and with the transmission, and it does not happen all the time, and it's at a low speed. When I let off the accelerator, I get a clunk. Okay, so you get, uh, does it, so that's a front wheel drive vehicle, I'm sure, right? That's right. Yeah, being a front-wheel drive vehicle. Now, once again, that thing um, runs off the load of the engine. So when you let off of it, you know, it may be changing in there somewhere. So what I would do is make sure nothing's loose first, like a motor mount or anything like that, a transmission mount, because it could be that as well because it sounds like when it makes a clunking noise, that engine and transmissions, uh, transaxles moving at the same time. So you might want to check that to make sure there's no motor mount or transmission mount loose. Okay, but again, it doesn't happen all the time. Right, uh, right. It only does uh, when you're slowing down, right? 
when I let off, seems like when I let off the accelerator, uh, it's trying to change gears and it makes that sound. Oh, so it's going to, it's changing gears, going to a lower gear. Uh, it sounds like what it's doing. Yeah. yeah. How many miles, how many miles you got on it? I got 45,000. Okay. Is that, was that a five-year warranty on that vehicle? Uh, I have no warranty. No warranty. Okay. What I would do then, if you have checked, make sure there's no motor mounts, I'd take it to a transmission shop and let them check and see if there's a uh, solenoid changing, uh, not changing out correctly. Thank you, Coach. Yes, sir. Oh, Jesse, we're glad you've called in. And that uh, reminds us, make sure you have a good relationship with different kinds of specialist mechanics and read reviews and post good reviews. That's right. Let's go to a couple of emails we've gotten, Coach. This one is uh, about uh, a Ford Edge. It won't turn over and it won't make any noises whatsoever uh, when all the... Okay. <laughs> My Ford Edge will not turn over, will not make any noise whatsoever. All the lights come on. The motor is not locked up. We've checked. We replaced all the spark plugs, everything that can be done, and was told that there's no way to check the computer module by itself and would have to be still hooked in the car, but the car is not running, so we'd have to tow it to a local shop. Any suggestions for the do-it-at-home mechanic? I've ordered a PCM from online, but it's over two weeks, and they're saying there's a shortage from one of the parts departments, and it's twice as much, so we're trying to be frugal as we can. Well, that module, if you say it's the PCM, that module would have to be uh, reprogrammed, and the old one does not have to be in there. Now, you can send the module the PCM to a um, shop and a lot of times where you buy the new PC, PCM will program that module for you before you get it. Okay. All right. So good luck with that one. Let's do another email. This one, uh, I have a 2015 Nissan Sentra. During my last service, I was informed by the mechanic that it may be time to look at changing my rotors. How does the rotors affect the wheels, and how soon should I get them changed? I'm starting to hear a funny sound when I press my brakes during speeds of 65 while slowing down, yielding off the highway. Well, rotors need to be changed at many different times. It's not that a rotor is bad all the time. Uh, what I would do is just check your brakes and uh, make sure that the uh, brakes are stopping good and not making no noise. Really what happens? People say that rotors warp. Well, rotors don't really warp because it's a solid piece of steel, and it takes a lot of heat to make that rotor warp. A lot of times that you may get some dirt between the wheel and the rotor, and now that will take and give you a little noise and may, it may even give you a little vibration. But what I would do is just check the brakes, make sure the brakes are doing good, and uh, go from there. So do you? So when you're at the car wash, should you pay? You know, if you're doing it yourself, can you spray that uh, nozzle into the, the the wheels and the wheel well? You can, but that's not going to get the, what I'm talking about. When the wheel against the rotor itself, uh, where they boat on, that's what uh, you get a lot of rust and all there. Oh, all right. Let's go to Olive Branch and talk with Rick. Rick, we're glad you've called into AutoCorrect today. What's your comment or question? Well, uh, just a real quick safety tip. I drive a semi for a living, and I don't care if the station has a law or not about having headlights on when it's raining. 
people need to know that if they drive a light colored car, white, gray, beige, and it's raining heavy, cars get lost in the mist behind or beside the truck. And you know, if they don't have their lights on, we can't see you. And if we have to change lanes and you're in that mist, uh, it's, it's just a, a safety hazard. Uh, I just, I recommend, and I don't know why car makers don't automatically make when a car has its wipers on that the lights do come on. But it's just a quick safety tip for other people out there. Yeah, Rick, they talk, and that's what those daytime running lights are for. When you cut the key on, automatically those daytime running lights come on, and so and they do stay on. Rick, we love it when we have our truck drivers call in. You know, with the, the interstates crisscrossing the state, we do get a lot of truckers who listen to us because we can you can be heard. We can be heard all over the state. We love it when they call in because most of us drive little vehicles compared to great big, big trucks. Says. And we appreciate your perspective, Rick. Thanks. Thank you. Half doesn't work. You cannot divide 80,000 pounds into 4,000 pounds. <laughs> yeah, it makes a big difference. It does. Y'all have a good day. Thank you for calling. Thanks. Okay, Coach, we had a caller who couldn't stay on the line, but he they suggested covering headlights with a clear coat when the vehicle is new. Would that help the keep the lights, longevity of the lights? According to what it's going to do to the plastic. Oh. You know, if it, how it interacts with the plastic itself. So uh, it could help them, but it may damage the uh, composite lens. Mm, okay. Oh, one thing I do when I buy a new garment, I take some clear fingernail polish and put it on the buttons, and that keeps the buttons staying on longer. Well, that's true. But, so it's just according what the composite, I mean, what the material is made of and how they interact with the chemical. Okay. This isn't the sewing show and it's not in legal terms, but it is autocorrect and we've been talking about lights today. I think I might need to to fancy up my ride with getting these puddle lights. Is it, are those battery operated or do they have a line that strings in or maybe some are either or both? Aftermarket would be something you'd have to put on there and would connect to the car. Mm-hmm. But manufacturers put them in the lights already. They're in the mirrors. Oh, okay. Well, I have a 2008. <laughs> so you probably had yeah. to, you know, and you may be able to buy aftermarket lights and I mean mirrors and put on there that have puddle lights in them. Yeah. So that would be nice. That would be. And, you know, having a, a a really strong light in the glove box is good because a lot of times, even in the daytime or in the at night, if you're digging in your glove box, you want to be able to see really well. Right. You need to make sure that any lighting you have, if it's in the trunk, if it's in the glove box, if it's on the visors, that you need to make sure those are cut off because what happens a lot of times... They get stuck and just say a piece of paper or something got in between that and the glove box itself and draws that battery down. So you want to be very, very careful on right. any of those type of lighting systems. And the, 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 when you say some of these are module lights, how, do, how does the module plug in to the car? Is it? It, inter- it interacts with all the interfacing of the computers. Okay. okay. Uh, it could be in the body control module itself, uh, like the one that was working that BMW. The lighting system was in the body control module. And so you just need to make sure what module you're going into and how it reacts with the uh, current that you're drawing. 
I've seen some headlights that kind of look like they have eyeliner around it. <laughs> like half and half, right? Yeah. yeah. Is, is that... That's something you'd have to replace the whole headlight module right. to get that look? Well, you wouldn't have to do the module. It's probably the lens itself, the mm-hmm. um, module from outside the light system yeah. outside. And what happens on those, and really what a lot of those are, is that you used to see them where they had put like aluminum, that part of it would be aluminum and part of it would be the light itself for more reflection. Oh, okay. And then the fancy ones, you would see them on Volkswagens and stuff like that, the Beetle. Right. Yeah. Okay. Once again, make sure that you know what you're doing. Make sure if you're going to do it yourself that you read all the instructions that come with it and just make sure you don't uh, do something that you ground out to the module. Man, read the instructions. <laughs> read the instructions. Make sure you're doing it the way the instructions says. Well, that's that's good to know. This is I can remember before the brake, the rear brake light in the windshield was a thing. We we did that. We we got a college logo brake light and, right. and put in in my dad's car. So this could be fun. Take a take a kid and and work on your car together. That's right. You have a lot of fun. That's going to wrap us up for today's AutoCorrect. Thank you, Kevin Farrell and Michelle McAdoo, for putting on our show. And for Coach Charlie Melton, Master Technician, I'm Liz Gill. Thanks for listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.